Hi there, my name is Mindy Jensen. And I'm Carl Jensen. And this is the Mindy and Carl on Money Podcast, where we talk about what happens after you reach financial independence and retire early. On today's episode, we are going to talk about us and how we built our net worth. So we have been talking about us a lot. And I want to reassure you that this show is not just going to be all about us. It's not just going to be the two of us talk, 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 talk without any guests. We are going to have guests. We've got some fun guests coming up. But we want to lay the background of our story for you so you can get a sense of who we are if you don't already know us. And that's what we're doing this entire week. Today is Wednesday. And on yesterday's episode, we talked about some of the responses that we received from the episode of the I Will Teach You To Be Rich podcast that we recorded with Ramit Sethi in early 2023. One of the most asked questions in the YouTube comments was, how did they build their portfolio? How did they get to their $4.3 million net worth? And that is what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, let's take a quick break. We love using Empower to keep track of our net worth, including our investments and bank accounts. It's a completely free service, and I'm kind of addicted to it. I should probably get some help. I log on to it at least three or four times a day to see where our money is heading up or down. Did you just say you're kind of addicted to it? If you do something three or four times a day, is that a kind of addiction or is that a full-blown addiction? Do you think it's bad that the only tattoo I have says empower.com on it? You don't have any tattoos, you big weirdo. It was either that or you. And I, I don't know. I, yeah. Wow. Wow. Those were your two choices, empower.com or me and you went with empower? Okay. So anybody divorce attorney out there, contact Mindy on money. If you would like more information about Empower, go to MindyOnMoney.com slash Empower. That's MindyOnMoney.com slash Empower. Let's get into it. Do you remember when it rained in our house? And I want to be clear, I'm not saying when it rained, when it was actually raining inside our house, like there was rain coming through the light fixtures and through our ceiling fans at 3 o'clock in the morning when we had a newborn infant. You're giving me heart palpitations. This is the kind of thing that I have tamped down and not, I don't want to remember this story. But yes, I remember when it rained in the house the whole night and we watched as these storms would come in and, oh, it's a purple storm. It's a red storm. It's a black storm. I think it was the hardest it ever rained. So the backstory of this is we were doing one of our lift and flips and the roof was off the house and we do most of the work ourselves these days, but in that case, we had some carpenters who were doing some of the work on the roof, actually adding a second story, which we would later finish. So they had the whole thing tarped off. But what happened late in the afternoon, there was a huge windstorm that blew all the tarps off. And that, that was followed by like six inches of rain in the next 12 hours. So we had no tarps and torrential rain. So we, there were there was no roof above our house and the rain had nowhere to go but into our house. Why are we reliving this? Well, we're reliving this because this is part of our net worth story. This is the live and flip part of our net worth story. This is the hellish live and flip part of our net worth story. 
<laughs> wait, wait. Aren't living flips supposed to be all awesome and fabulous? No, no, they're not all awesome and fabulous. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that later on and much more in another episode. So let, let's get into it. We're going to talk about three different things here. We're going to talk about what made us rich. Uh, the first one is our frugality. Then we'll talk a little bit more about live and flipping, how we got into that somewhat accidentally. And then finally, some of our stories around investing, and that is in the stock market. So let's talk about frugality. We are cheap. If you listen to that episode, you will hear Ramit call us cheap and uh, not not un, undeservedly. I learned something new shortly after we got married. It was called Hippie Christmas, and this event took place <laughs> in the college town where we lived in Madison, Wisconsin. Do you want to tell the listeners what Hippie Christmas was? Is It still goes on every year, and it's probably not relegated just to Madison, Wisconsin. So Hippie Christmas is the end of school year when all of the students are moving out of their dorms, they're moving out of their houses, they don't need all of the stuff that they have accumulated, so they either leave it behind for the landlord to dispose of, or they will put it out on the curb themselves for other residents to come and pick through. And landlords also dispose of it the same way. They put it on the curb for the garbage truck, but garbage doesn't come that same day. So people will take their cars and drive around to all these different garbage piles by the side of the road and pick through and take things that can be used or things that they want to uh, now own. Um, I sourced an entire wardrobe for Carl from the, the uh, garbage one year because it, it, everything was still on hangers. I think somebody moved out and just left all of his clothes there. If they were your size. Everything was your size. I think there was like one pair of jeans that didn't fit. But the uh, the people that put it on the curb literally went into the ca- the closet, uh, like collected everything off the, the closet rack and just put it on the curb. It was awesome. You still have some of those shirts. Yeah. Well, the, the, there's two things I want to mention. You said wardrobe. I draw the line at underwear and socks. So shorts, pants, shirts, all yes. that is fine, yes. but not, not underwear. Unless they're in a package, I'm going to draw the line there. But yeah, I still have a couple of those shirts. I think one is in pretty poor condition and probably should be thrown in the actual trash because it has <laughs> a big tear. But but I can't bring myself to do it. The shirt was almost thrown out once, and I just don't want to get rid of it. I, I want to make it last as long as possible. Can you sew up an elbow? Or? I can. We okay. should send it to Jay Money and let him have another crappy shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty amusing because we had a pretty luxurious house, and we were sourcing, or at least I was sourcing my clothes from college students who... Didn't even feel the need to bring it home. It wasn't even worth transporting. They just had thrown it in the trash. Uh, Let's talk about the neighbors at the house we lived in prior to this. They thought we were destitute, right? We have a couple stories around that. Do you remember the nice ladies across the street, what they told us after we moved in? I do. So we bought a house that was two bedrooms and one bathroom. And the when we were moving in, it was it had been a rental it's not a particularly desirable street in our town and when we were moving into the property 
the neighbor came across the street and we were talking about how, you know, we were super excited to do some work on it and make it our own. And she said, well, congratulations, sweetie. That's going to be so nice for you. I'm so happy that you're, you're able to, to buy this house. And the way she said it made it sound like she thought we didn't have any money. And this was like the cheapest house on the street. It was not nice. It, the way that it had gone into foreclosure and the way that the sale had gone at the time, only owner occupants could bid on it in the first 30 days and nobody wanted to buy this house and live in it. It was rather ugly. Yeah, we bought it right from the bank and shortly after buying it, our neighbors almost called the cops from us. Do you remember why? No. It was because the house was infested both with ants and mice, and it, it was late at night. We had the windows open. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and there was a mouse in our older daughter's room, and she starts screaming at the top of our lugs. And our neighbors happened to be outside, and their their driveway was right outside her window, so she's screaming like crazy. And we're like, what's going on? And we eventually figured out it was a mouse and calmed her down. But then we went outside, and we're like, hey, neighbors. And they were looking at us with like, uh, like, what is going on here? What should we do? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. That screaming. It was just our daughter. She saw a mouse. There's nothing nefarious going on in her house. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, you're dredging up all sorts of great memories now. Thanks. I know. And, and I just have one more. There were some other neighbors that also thought we were destitute. And the reason for that was we had older vehicles and I'd be working on them, and they saw me doing that, like changing the oil, rotating the tires, and they thought that was a sign that we didn't have money and that we struggled, so we had to do the maintenance on our own cars. I don't really care what they think of us, though. No, I, I think it's a badge of honor. Like Whatever, I'm, I'm happy that I've got the skills to work on cars, although I don't do it as much now. Now we have the money to pay somebody to do it. Yeah. And I've got one really other pathetic story about myself. So I got my first real job at the end of 1998. I worked until 2017. And the whole time, those 20 years, almost 20 years, I never took more than a week off work. Do you remember that? And I do. To be even more pathetic, I would try to schedule the trips around holidays, right? Like, oh, it's, I think, our honeymoon even. There was MLK Day where I got a day off work, so I only had to take four days off instead of five. And we're, we were going to Hawaii, too, which is a significant commitment as far as flights, yet I couldn't bring myself to take more than a week off work. How, how silly was that? That's why we got married on Friday instead of Saturday. And we, I think you worked that day, too. Did you work on Friday? I don't. It's been so long, I don't even remember. Yeah, but I, we got married on Friday instead of Saturday because it's cheaper to get married on Friday than Saturday. And then we could take our honeymoon on Saturday. And we specifically got married that in January because I didn't want a long engagement. And you didn't want to get married the year before because you didn't want to pay the marriage penalty tax. Our whole wedding, our, <laughs> our whole wedding is such a frugal mess. I mean, it was delightful. It was lovely. I wouldn't change it. Th- well, I would change a couple things, but that's a story for another day. I wouldn't change anything about you, sweetheart, darling. Yeah, I, we didn't even get married in a formal venue. We found an arboretum, the, the Ulbrick Arboretum in Madison, Ulbrick Wisconsin. Conservatory. And I think it was like 100 bucks or maybe even 50 to rent the place out after hours. We're like, hey, we're just going to come in here for like 20 minutes, get married. We'll be out, no party, no alcohol. It'll be super easy for you. And they're, they're like, okay, sure, you can do it. And I wanted to get married by the carnivorous plants, but I don't think there was enough room. And 
that that might have set an ominous tone to our marriage. So it's a good thing we didn't get married next to the Venus flytraps. No, but we did get pictures by the Venus flytraps. Okay, cool. We still have to get those developed, by the way. Yeah, 22 short years later. We'll do it soon. Seriously. So part one, we were super frugal in ways that I regret some of these, but that's going to be for tomorrow's episode. So tune in for that. But frugality did take us a, a very long way. Frugality did take us a long way. And I think if anybody's looking to get the, the easy button, how did they manage to amass this $4.3 million net worth so quickly? Well, it was real quick. It was in 20 short years. And frugality is the low-hanging fruit. Basically, it's doing less. Remember I had the underwear I had in high school up until a couple of years ago? And oh, when I threw them away because yeah. they were falling apart? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you, you threw it out. But the other two things we're going to talk about, flipping and, and investing, require a lot more effort or other things. Frugality is easy. Just do less and live smaller. That's the easy one. Let's talk about flipping houses. Should we talk about the big number first, the money we've made from flipping? Sure. Throw that number out there. We flipped like eight or nine or ten houses, depending on how you look at it, because we're still living in one right now and we're still flipping it, although it is almost done. But we've probably made about $1.5 million. And when I say that number, that's actual profits. Uh, that is due to the two out of five year rule. What is the formal IRS designation for that rule? That is section 121 of the IRS tax code, yeah. I think. Thanks for throwing that out there without giving me any sort of heads up so I could do research and say it for sure. I know it's section 121. I think it's the IRS tax code. Anyway. So how much did we pay in capital gains for these eight to 10 flips that we've done? We paid as much in capital gains as everybody listening also paid in capital gains on our flips. Zero dollars. And that's because if you own... And live in a house for two of the past five years. They don't have to be concurrently. You pay $0 up to $500,000 for a married couple or $250,000 for a single individual. We're going to have a whole show on flipping and we'll get into that a little bit more. We'll discuss more in our flipping series of episodes that will come out soon. But before we wrap up this, let's talk about how we got into flipping because this is something we never intended to do. I was a white collar computer dude. And you were a white-collar worker, too. I don't think we had many skills at all before we got married, but we kind of fell into this. Do you remember how? Yeah, I remember how I fell into it. I owned a condo because I rented a, an apartment, and I was like, well, rent is just throwing away my money, so I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to buy a condo. And I bought a condo, but I didn't have any money, so I paid $50,000 for a condo. And even back then, $50,000 didn't get you very much. It Got me pretty much nothing. It was a very ugly condo, and I didn't want an ugly condo. So I made it nice. I made it mine. I painted it. I put in new tile floors. I think I had to get a new refrigerator, and I probably should have stretched the carpet, but I didn't know about that at the time. And when I went to sell my condo, it was no longer worth $50,000. It was worth $75,000. And that $25,000, I put in my pocket and paid no taxes on. And I looked at Carl and I said, I want to do that again. Yeah. So we moved. And the reason I sold it is because we got married and he was living in his grandmother's house at the time. And I thought a house was better than a condo. And I was right. So I moved in with you, and then we had a, a three-bedroom house. One of the things that gave me confidence was, do you remember when our shower 
Oh, fixture. yeah. Yeah, so our shower fixture started leaking, so I, I had no idea what, what to do about this issue. This was before YouTube or the internet. We're a little bit old. So I called up a friend. He's like, oh, yeah, I've got a great plumber. Here's the guy's number. So I called the guy. He's like, okay, I'll be over. So the guy came over. He's like, oh, yeah, I can fix it. It's going to be like $120, and I'll be back tomorrow. So I'm like, okay, great. Sounds fantastic. So tomorrow came. He never showed up. I called him, got his voicemail. He didn't return my call. And I got kind of mad. I'm like, I want to give this guy money to fix my issue, and he's ghosting me. He's blowing me off. So I'm like, I'm going to see if I can figure this out myself. We went to the library for younger listeners. Those are big things that hold free books that you can borrow. I got a book on plumbing and realized that the the fix didn't seem too hard. And I could do it for like a $1.25. I just needed to get a new washer seal thing from the big box store. I don't know if Home Depot was even a thing back then. Yeah, it was. Okay. So, so anyway, I went to Home Depot or whatever was close to us. Maybe it was Menards. Save big money. Do you want to sing the Menard song? No, I do not want to sing the Menard song. (laughs) Anyway, shout out to the Midwest. I went out, bought this part, fixed it. It was a little bit intimidating, but it worked. And I'd fix this thing for like $1.25 instead of paying the the plumber $120. So my thought at the time was, that wasn't that hard. What else could we do? So then we tried a bunch of other projects. Like we did more tile, we did cabinets and all this other stuff. And then... We would sell these houses and see how much money we would make from them. We'd make a lot. So then we just continued to do it again and again and again. We probably did a couple too many, but we'll talk about that tomorrow on our regrets episode. So again, to summarize this part, we made about $1.5 million from flipping houses. And that might sound impressive, but we gave up a lot of our own time. I've had multiple tetanus shots. <laughs> there is blood in each and every house. My blood is in each and every house we've ever flipped. And... That's not Because you put it there. Uh, yeah, my literal blood. So, yeah, watch out if you ever buy a house we've owned. Don't say that. It's encapsulated in paint. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I cleaned it up for the most part. Well, let's talk about the final part. This is investing. And I've got another big number to throw out at y'all. I checked our post-tax E-Trade account before we logged on to record. And our capital gains, these are just the gains from investments, are one4 million dollars which is a lot of money so add that to the 1.5 we've made from flips and we're up to 2.9 million dollars and what rounds out the rest of the 4.3 our real estate holdings and also pre-tax investments like 401ks in other retirement accounts like a roth ira we we each have roth iras what do we invest in Uh, this is a dangerous question. This is a, a do as I say and not do as I do. When I started in investing, all I knew was that I needed to invest. I needed to put money away. But I had no idea what an index fund was. I think index funds are great. We're going to have JL Collins on the show soon to talk more about that. But I had no idea what they were. I was a nerd. I was a programmer. So I invested in what I knew. And those were mostly tech stocks. I can... I've got a super nerd story about Google. Do you want to hear it? Of course I do. I like how you say you, I was a nerd. I am a nerd. I, I own it. <laughs> but, but it made us rich, as I'll, as I'll tell you this story right now. So I was at work one day, and I couldn't figure out a problem. And I had this book that was like 1,400 pages in the top shelf of my cube. So I started opening that to try to figure out how to make the COBOL, the old mainframe system, communicate with a... <laughs> 
client server, uh, more modern system, a web-based system. So anyway, this consultant comes up to me. He's like, why don't you just Google it? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what was that word you just said? He's like, I said Google. I'm like, what does that word mean? He's like, oh, it's this new search engine. It works super well. You should try to enter your problem in there and see what it comes up with. So I did. I, I put my problem into Google, hit search or enter, whatever the button was at that time, and up popped the answer to my problem like instantly. So instead of spending who knows how much time thumbing through a book, I could find my problem in seconds and it changed the way I worked. So I started researching this company more and I thought, man, I, I've got to invest in this thing. So as soon as it went public in August of 2004, we invested in it. It was a weird Dutch auction type of IPO. It was $85 a share, and we've held almost all those shares. But another quick story is Apple. When Steve Jobs held up the iPhone on stage, I believe that was January of 2007, the first thought I had was, oh, wow, Apple has nailed this, because before that, whenever we moved around, we had to carry a GPS, we had to carry a camera, we had to carry a phone and a music player. So all these stupid devices, and I tend to be, you might argue with this, but I tend to be a little bit forgetful with like keys and wallets and stuff like that. I would never argue with that statement. I, I would argue with the a little part of that statement. Um, I am super absent-minded, I'll own it. So anyway, Steve Jobs held up this device that would that would consolidate all your devices. We didn't have to carry around all this junk anymore. And I knew Apple hit a home run with this thing, a grand slam. So I think I bought Apple stock like that day or, or the day after. I don't remember what day the presentation was. And the rest is history. Apple did really well. Uh, I could tell tons of other stories like this. We bought Tesla back in 2012. We bought Amazon a long time ago. Facebook for, for other reasons, which I can go into if people want to hit us up over email. But I think it would bore everyone to death. Do you, do you want to hear about any of this? I already know all of this because... This might shock our listeners, but we talk about money together all the time. But what I'm hearing you say is, I worked in tech, I used these products, I recognized the need for these products, I saw what a great idea the main thing or the, the new thing that these companies were coming out with was, and I took action once I recognized that or once I thought that I recognized something was going to go right. Now, yeah. how much were you investing into these companies? Like when you bought Google, how much did you put into Google? Did you put your entire net worth into Google? No, unfortunately, it was just any spare cash we had laying around. Like all these were probably, except for Facebook, which came when we had more money, I don't know, maybe four to $10,000, small amounts. And I wouldn't recommend this for many people at all. We don't even invest this way anymore. We're mostly index funds. Sometimes we'll do real estate or syndications, but we'll save that for another episode. I think index funds are the right choice for just about everyone. I think index funds are the right choice for just about everyone as well, because while Carl is glossing over the research aspect of this, he probably spends one or two hours every single day reading tech news. This is not investment advice. If you invest in these companies and you 
lose money, that's because you chose to invest in them. We are not financial advisors. Don't take advice from us. Well, let's wrap it up. I have a question for you, and I didn't tell you about this before, but and this is a deep question, so I'll give you some time to think about it. But I was thinking, what is the most important thing that you think we have done to be successful with money? What's the most important decision or investment or or maybe life choice? You first. I think our most important investment decision has been to invest consistently and from a position of education or an educated investor. Hmm. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper and this relates back to you, dear wife. Uh, my, what I think is most important and the most important thing for us is to find, and I hope you would say the same thing, a partner who shares the same values because values inform what you're going to do with money. The funny thing was we never even talked about money before we got married, which is kind of strange now because we can't stop talking about it. <laughs> looking at you, looking at you. We can't stop talking about it now, but we, we never really talked about it before we got married. I think we kind of knew. So you say consistent investing. I say finding the right life partner. Well, I'm so glad we didn't talk about this before we recorded because now I look like a big fat jerk. So thanks. Uh, both answers have their merits. I think I think yours is good too. <laughs> yeah, yours is just better and makes you look thoughtful and awesome. But mine's a little tribute a tribute to you. Um, yeah, I'll, you I'll did pick well. You do have good taste in women. Woman, one woman. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not a plural there. Just to be clear. <laughs> well, our investments are very diversified. Our marriage is not. Oh, that was so sweet and also completely true. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to do that, that's fine. I have a lot of admiration for Warren Buffett, and he most he famously had a couple of wives at one time at the same time. And, yeah. Re read the Snowball; it's a good book. But yeah, what what is this turning into? We should shut up. Yeah. You, well, we one of us should stop talking, and it's not me. <laughs> okay. So again, what are we going to talk about on tomorrow's episode? On tomorrow's episode. We are going to talk about the things that we wished we would have done differently. We do have some regrets. Spoiler alert, I would make some changes that would have resulted in us having a lot less money now if I could do it over again. Life is good now, but we sacrificed a lot, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. I, I still have all my fingers, though. For today. Yeah, all, yeah, it was a close call a couple of times. I got the feeling that yeah, like one, too. Two or three times it was a close call. Yeah, for a while I couldn't feel the tip of one, but now it's back. It's great. Okay, tune in tomorrow for our regrets episode. I promise it's not going to be super morose. What is our website and how can people contact us? Oh, our website is mindyonmoney.com and you can reach out to us by emailing mindy at mindyonmoney.com or carl at MindyOnMoney.com. And we would love to hear from you. Do you have a question you'd like us to answer? Do you have questions about our life specifically? Do you want to know more about financial independence or life after retirement? Hit us up. We would love to chat with you. Also, since you're here all the way at the end, 
Maybe you like us. Maybe you want to help us spread the word. We'd love it if you could give us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast app to help spread the word about our new show. One more question for you. This is the outtake. Unless you don't really care, you can turn off. But we came up with many names for this podcast and for websites. And I actually had the idea for MindyOnMoney.com. But one thing I never thought of, and I'm sure this website is taken, and I've never been to it, and I'm kind of... Uh, I'm kind of curious to see what it is when we go there. But what is Mindy.com? Do you have any idea? Have you ever gone to it? I haven't, but now I'm going to as soon as we stop recording. I hope it's not something bad. Be careful, dear listeners, if you go there. <laughs> Hopefully it's not one of those sites you know what I'm talking about. But I don't think it is. It's probably for, I don't know. What would you guess? What would be your guess? What is Probably somebody named Mindy. I'm going to guess it's some kind of product like a a fabric softener or like clothing straighteners i don't i don't even know what i'm talking about that's what an is iron, clothing right? straightener you're like, such a weirdo like you, like, you, <laughs> like you hang your dresser shirt up and then you put this miracle device over it and all the wrinkles are gone it's one of I those things i bet that's not what it is at all you'd see it on late night tv <laughs> on an infomercial like and if you order now 1999 we'll throw in what would they throw in i have no idea i don't I, know but if it is not if it's not taken, I am going to go snag it. Yeah, and I'm, I am want to buy this product. I want to buy a Mindy if it, that is indeed the product. Oh, no. They, pr- so, they probably throw in a second Mindy. If you order in the next five minutes, you'll get two Mindys for $19.99. That's not a thing. I don't know. Okay, we'll go to it and report <laughs> back. And if you'd like to complain about the outtake, that's Carl at MindyOnMoney.com. What is Carl.com? Oh, I bet that's something really gross. Yeah, I... Uh, we, we, <laughs> We could go down a road here, and if you've been an Urban Dictionary... Stop! Stop while yeah, you're yeah. ahead! We have to maintain our PG rating. Thank you for listening to our show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. 